Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7, your home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. The Dolphins and Bills play for the first place in the AFC uh, East to conclude the NFL regular season on Sunday night. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the Sports Zone by Alan Prupar, who covers the Dolphins for alldolphins.com. Alan, let's go back to last Sunday. Uh, you know, they lost, uh, not just, they didn't just lose 56-19, to but they also had several players go out down to the injury in that game. I'll get to the injuries momentarily. First up, I guess we have to ask, or I have to ask, do we believe that the Dolphins have uh, the short memory to quickly move on from last Sunday's disaster? Yeah, I, I think then they've been pretty good all season at being able to flush it when they've had bad performances, which they've had. I mean, they got banged by the Bills in week four, and they came back the following week and took care of business. And they ha- they haven't lost two games in a row all season, uh, which speaks to their ability to bounce back. And, and, they, and they have no choice. I mean, they have to flush it. It's one of those one of those days where the Dolphins absolutely were not on their game, and the Ravens could not have been sharper. And even at that, the, the score got out of hand toward the end of the game. Um, and, and but it was it was pretty all shades of ugly, and the Dolphins just have no have to chalk it up to no bad day at the office. Okay, let's get into some of the injury situations here. Uh, Bradley Chubb obviously out for the season with a torn ACL. They already lost J, uh, you know, Jalen Phillips in uh, November to a, an Achilles injury. How does this alter the pass rush, and how does Vic Fangio try to uh, you know, compensate for their losses? Yeah, in terms of personnel, they said they're sticking with the guys that they have on the roster, and that's uh, Emmanuel Agba and newly signed and newly brought back veteran Melvin Ingram, who played for them in 2022 and was out of the NFL until the Dolphins signed him to their practice squad. And then hope for continued production out of Andrew Van Ginkle, who's the one who stepped into the starting lineup after Phillips was hurt. Uh, I guess the argument could be made maybe the Dolphins should blitz more without Chubb and Phillips, who both had tremendous seasons as pass rushers. That's kind of not Fangio's MO. I mean, he will use the blitz occasionally, but that's not his preferred method of attacking offenses. So, you know, I, I think you're going to see perhaps a couple more blitzes than normal to compensate for the loss of Chubb after Phillips was, was hurt. But for the most part, they, they're going to probably use the same approach and hope that they can get some kind of production from Ingram and Agba. Do you think they have enough pass rush to get away with that? Very good question. And it's not even the matter of getting sacks. I think what they have to do is they have to affect Josh Allen, maybe making them, making them uncomfortable in the pocket. Um, mm-hmm. Because he's kind of he's kind of been known for you know taking chances from time to time and putting the ball in the harm's way so to speak. Um, but the coverage has to be better on the back end than it was against Baltimore. Otherwise, none of it's going to matter. And then also, if we're talking pass rush, we have to mention the two interior guys, Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer, who are both uh, approaching double digits and sacks. They have to be a factor in this game. They weren't very much against the ball, the Ravens, and if the Dolphins are going to beat the Bills. They need for their for their main players to be their main players, and that certainly includes Wilkins and Sealer. You know, also in the back end, Xavier Howard was injured in that game very early last Sunday at Baltimore. Uh, you know, I know, you know Wednesday's practice report is just kind of a 
you know, sometimes not exactly uh, very uh, telling of what might happen later in the week, but do we know what Howard's status is for this week or just the best guess that you might have? Yeah, he's not playing. I mean, immediately on Monday, uh, head coach Mike McDaniel was asked about his status and called him week to week. Um, mm. And you hear that at the beginning of the week from, from the coach who generally tries to take a more optimistic approach. And he didn't practice Wednesday, as you mentioned. Uh, be a shock if you wound up playing. Okay, so once again, how do they try to compensate for his absence? Yeah, that's and that became a problem. Uh, what they did last week and the previous game that he missed because of another issue, they had uh, Eli Apple start at the outside cornerback spot opposite Jalen Ramsey with Cater Cole, who in the slot. Uh, Again, Apple didn't have a great game against Baltimore, but then again, who on defense did? There were a couple of massive breakdowns defensively where they let guys wide open when they were supposed to be passed off from one player to another or somebody was supposed to follow them. The, the most glaring example was when and it was Eli Apple and the linebacker Duke Riley who were both on the left side of the defensive formation where Zay Flower was running and both Riley and Apple made a move towards the middle to cover Rashawn Bateman, who was running underneath, and they left Flowers running by himself down the right sideline. Obviously, those kinds of breakdowns can happen. You hope they, they're not going to happen. Apple's a guy who's been around quite a long time in the NFL. Uh, kind of uncharacteristic to have that kind of a mix-up at that stage of the season. You figure he's going to be the guy. The Dolphins selected Cam Smith, a cornerback from South Carolina, with their first pick in the 2023 draft in the second round. They have not entrusted him with any kind of role on defense. He's been playing on special teams basically exclusively. And don't see any reason why that's going to change in week 18 all of a sudden. So I would expect Eli Apple to be the guy who is going to play for Howard with the hope that him and everybody else on defense has a better outing than against Baltimore. Okay, you mentioned Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, he obviously went down uh, very early in training camp and had had the surgery. Came back, I think, quicker than most anticipated. Uh, how much of a difference has he made, and how much has that altered the uh, Fangio's approach defensively since he's returned? Uh, no, he's been he's been great, but he's not you know exempt from from blame for the Baltimore game. That was not his best outing at all but overall he's been very very good but I think perhaps maybe a little bit was overblown in terms of his impact on on the Dolphins defense really taking a step forward and making a big leap once he came back because that was combined with also like Christian Wilkins for example who had a a hold in quote-unquote in training camp like really reaching peak Christian Wilkins Jalen Phillips got on a roll after, you know, dealing with other injuries early in the season before the torn Achilles. Um, so it's been a combination of both, but the, the guy's been great, no question. The The way that the Fangio defense has been run has not really changed that much with Ramsey. The only exception was the first game that Xavier Howard missed, which was against the Jets, the Dolphins used Ramsey on Garrett Wilson to shadow him quite a bit. Mm. And... The question is, are they going to do that again this week against Stephon Diggs? Because Stephon Diggs completely killed them the first matchup in Buffalo and we four had six catches for 120 yards and three touchdowns, operating mostly in the slot against Cater Kohu, which is just a really, really tough matchup 
for any non-Pro Bowl level cornerback. Stephon Diggs is a terrific route runner. So I, I think if ever there was a case to be made for Banjo shadowing, using Ramsey to shadow somebody, and then he's been asked pretty much every week, are you going to use Ramsey to shadow? And he's, he's always said he's not necessarily a fan of it, but I think in this case he may not have a choice because Diggs okay, is so the one who hurt him last time, and he's clearly you know, the guy who could do the most damage, so it would make perfect sense to do it. Okay, so let's flip this to the offense. It is week 18. Tua was a full participant in practice on Wednesday despite uh, leaving that loss against Baltimore with a shoulder problem, left shoulder I believe it was. How do you evaluate Tua's 2020-2023 season? Obviously, you know, he had lots of issues trying to get through 2022, and uh, this year it's uh, you know, he seems like, at least from afar, and I'm from afar here, uh, that things have gone rather smoothly for him. Yeah, and that's been a combination of factor. I, I know the national media likes to make a whole big deal about the jujitsu classes he took in the offseason to learn how to fall. And maybe that, that's played like a tiny part in it, but I think it's more the, the two biggest factors. He hasn't, hasn't been hit that much. Number one, he's avoided the plays where he winds up in the clutches of a big defensive lineman who just slings him to the ground where jujitsu classes are not, it's really hard to like control your, your full body and avoid that, that whiplash effect that slams ahead onto the turf, which is what happened to him a couple of times. Another thing he's done, he has also done a much better job at giving up on plays that just aren't there, whereas previously he always tried to make something happen, even if it wasn't there. And then you've also seen him this year go down very quickly if there are big defensive linemen around them as opposed to try to you know, maneuver his way around them. So it's been a combination of things. And there was also a fluky nature to the concussions that he had. Um, so you, you, you kind of had the feeling, you know, maybe time, it's time that luck's going to be on his side, and it has been. And obviously he's had a very good season. Um, he was in the MVP conversation for most of the season. Uh and, yeah, and, and he also was named the Pro Bowl starter for the AFC, and this is obviously partly fan vote, player, coach, player vote, coach vote. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's completely weird is there's still a little cloud hanging over as to whether he can be the guy in a big game, and the, the, the game against Buffalo on Sunday certainly would qualify as that. Okay, so we mentioned some defensive injuries. The offense, Jalen Waddle didn't play last week. Uh, you know, Mostert did not play last week. Each uh, hand did play last week and actually looked really good. The offensive line has had kind of a it's been a, kind of a in and out situation for several players for several games now. So, how would we uh, you know summarize the status of the uh, at least the physical status of the offense heading into this week? Battered. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's any other way of saying it. I mean, you're talking about. You're talking about like a bunch of Pro Bowl or Pro Bowl level players who are dealing with something, and that's not even including Tua because he was a full participant in practice Wednesday. But you got Tyreek Hill, who, had, who not only is dealing with an ankle injury, also now had a personal situation with a fire in his home, left practice early, and then he shows up at his home, and there's footage, television footage of it, and he's in a walking boot, which tells you he's been – that ankle's been an issue. Jalen Wall, as you mentioned, that missed the game against Baltimore because of an ankle injury. He's iffy for Sunday. Raheem Mostert missed the game against Baltimore as well. He's got ankle knee issues. He's a question mark. 
the good news, it looks like they might get their starting right guard, Robert Hunt, back in the lineup. That's going to help. Their center, their new center, because their original center is on IR, their new center, Liam Eikenberg, is also dealing with something. We think he's going to play. It's not our percent. So, yeah, no, they they are better. And obviously everybody who can go will go, because this is a game where you can, you know, earn home field advantage for the first round of the playoffs as opposed to having to travel to Kansas City. But there's there's zero question about it. This is a a batter and bruise unit that's fighting through stuff. Okay, so how is uh, Mike McDaniel, you know, dove into his mad scientist bag trying to figure out how this could possibly work this week? Uh, I don't think any differently than he always does. Going to try to come up with a way to attack the Bills. Uh, I think, as always, what he's done a good part of the season the more they can get the ball out of Tua's hands quickly in the passing game, the better. And that's, you see a lot of wide receiver screens and, or, or bubble screens or quick throws to the wide receivers. You saw the first play of the game against Baltimore. They send A-Chan out wide to the left, and it's a quick throw, and then he uses the speed, and he gains 23 yards. Um, that's, what, that's what they want to do. What makes their offense special when it's operating at peak efficiency is the speed that they have and the way that they can space out opposing defenses. I don't see any reason to think that's going to change regardless of, of the injuries that they have. If they have the guys in there like Achan, Hill, if Mostert can play, if Waddle can play, that's their calling card. That's how they're going to beat uh, the Bills. It's not, they're not going to pound the Bills into submission. That's not their MO. So uh, they've they got to go with what Brungham here, as the saying goes. Okay, so the first meeting in Buffalo is ugly, forty-eight to twenty. But you know the Bills lost a lot of players since that game, but they lost a lot of their guys early in the season. We just went through a lot of the Miami situation. Does that first meeting matter at all on Sunday night? No, not in the least. Uh, I mean, they were such. And if you recall that game, it was fourteen fourteen early on. Dolphins scored touchdowns on their first two drives, moved the ball at will. And then Buffalo started completely dominating the line of scrimmage. And, when, and, and let me go back to my previous answer where the Dolphins are not going to pound the, the Bills into submission offensively. They also can't let Buffalo dominate the line of scrimmage. And that's what happened, let's say, middle of the second quarter on in that first meeting. It didn't help. This was the first game that Liam Eikenberg had ever started at center in his NFL career. So that was a factor. Teron Armstead left the game late in the second quarter with a knee injury. That was a factor. And then defensively, they didn't have Jalen Ramsey. Stephon Diggs absolutely killed him. Josh Allen had another one of his typical great game against the Dolphins. Um, but there will be adjustments, adjustments made. They have Jalen Ramsey in the lineup. The offensive line should be in better shape. I'm said in the lineup, as I mentioned, Robert Hunt. If I can work plays, it's no longer his first start. So it's a different matchup than it was in week four, no question. Okay, so lastly, a couple things that maybe we haven't covered that are, might be keys to the game on Sunday night in your mind. What would they be? Um, no, we kind of we kind of touch on pretty much everything. Uh, again, I, the the Dolphins' mo, the Dolphins beat you more with their skill than their than their than physically. They just can't afford to be blown off the line of scrimmage. And on the other side of the ball, the performance, the performance defensively against Baltimore was completely brutal. 
breakdowns all over the place. That obviously can't happen. Buffalo does not have as good a wide receiver core as Baltimore does now with Bateman, Odell Beckham, and Zay Flowers. Um, so you would think they would, it would be a tighter situation. And the big, as I mentioned earlier, the big guys up front have to be factors, Wilkins and Sealer. I mean, there, to me, there's a lot of pressure on them. Alan Pupar, who covers the uh, Dolphins for Sports Illustrated. We thank Alan for joining us. He's got a lot going on, so he made time for us, and we appreciate that. Next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060, plus today's uh, bottom line and uh, also a little local roundup action topped by the uh, Suns. Not a good performance, obviously, last night against the Clippers. They had basically no chance, and uh, we'll get into that some in the next segment for sure. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7.